Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Friday, July 28th edition of Memo by Gaia Legal. My name is Jackie, and um, yesterday's episode should be uploaded. So these have been a little bit longer, and I the, my process is I record it, and then I like just fix the sound real quick and snip it and just make sure that I do listen through it one more time just to make sure that what I said was like actually something that I want out there. Sometimes I'm like, uh, it's questionable, but whatever. I'll deal with the consequences if there are any. Anyway, so, um, but these have been longer. So by the time I do that and then I like put it up to data to upload, I use Spotify. So I put it up to upload and then like go pick up my kids. And sometimes it like doesn't process right the first time they have to do it again. It can take, I don't know, sometimes it could take hours for it to process. So what I've been doing this week is I'll upload it and I'll go to bed and I'm like, oh, hopefully in the morning it's there. Um, but you know, sometimes, yeah, it just it just takes a little bit longer. When when the episode is 10 minutes or so, I can finish that process and it's there. But it's there, it's there. Okay, so today, Friday, July 28th. Um, another thing. Um, so I think like in my life right now, I am just reorganizing, reallocating, transitioning away from different things. And a good word that came up was this idea of pruning. Like the process of pruning is when you have a bush and you cut it back a little bit, it actually will grow better. Um, and sometimes when we have a bush or a plant, we, um, in our lives, we can get really nervous to prune it because you're like, oh my God, is it going to come back? Like, I like it how it is. We get comfortable with the status quo. But by taking that martial action of pruning, we're actually able to bring out more of Venus, abundance Jupiter, um, which is very interesting indeed. And that's how nature works with certain plants. And so that is what I'm currently doing, doing in my life, pruning some things. And with that, um, I am, I, I have made the intention to stop one-on-one legal service, unless there's like an exception to the rule, I will no longer be providing one-on-one legal service, but providing legal education in a group DIY setting. And then if there's additional support needed, then you can like enter into a one-on-one agreement, engagement agreement. But quite frankly, like, let's be real. A lot of this legal stuff, I mean, most of us are educated, college educated, whatever. A lot of this basic business formation stuff, it's not necessarily difficult. The reason why there's attorneys have licenses and things because, you know, you can encounter um, some situations where you do need a different, a whole scope, a whole range of advice. And we do need to understand the law and like the body of law and the philosophy. That's why you have a, uh, JD is not a PhD, but it's a doctoral degree because it's about the philosophy, about the theory behind it. So you understand how it's all put together so you can then infer when new situations come your way. So that's the difference between someone who's trained in law versus someone who's not. Like anybody, I hate to say it right off the streets, I'm reading too much of this, but it's like anybody, generally speaking, can you know get a DIY contract and edit it a little bit, but you would want someone who's trained in the philosophy and understanding, okay, how is the legal system put together to help make sure that it's tailored to your specific situation. And, um, you know, I, I try to offer some of that here in these episodes, but, uh, that this is coming from 
hours and hours and hours of like study in legal books and um and a passion for it too like I enjoy doing this it gives me energy where for other people like this stuff legal stuff could be draining to your energy and um yeah so I don't know I'm rambling right now I don't know where that's going anyway so that's just I guess a a way I am pruning that was that was the, the whole point I'm pruning different things in my life and one of those things is to um, no, no longer offer one-on-one legal service, but offer in a group legal education setting with the opportunity perhaps to enter into a one-on-one agreement. But quite frankly, like I think at this point, I will just refer you elsewhere if you need additional one-on-one support. I think a lot of the things I'm providing, it's bothering me, a lot of the things I'm providing, uh, I think you should be able to probably do it on your own. Okay, so that is that. And um, the reason for the pruning is opening up space in other areas of my life. Like I really am enjoying my garden. I recorded right now some sort of like an experiment of like when a seed in the ground and get to do something. I'm like, oh my God, like I'm still amazed at this pumpkin and cilantro. I'm like, wow, I like literally put a seed in the ground and it came out. I'm just, I'm still, I'm still processing. But um, yeah, it's it's very interesting. So I kind of have like a vision for that. Um, a vision for the the home I currently reside in. Um, I have a lot of real estate interests, and then of course, like these books, Church of the Wild. Uh, I'm also have a background, and maybe mentioned before, uh, I wanted to go to med school. I did the whole MCAT pre med thing, and then I ended up working for an acupuncturist instead. Something just didn't feel right, so I went to work for an acupuncturist, and then I got pregnant, miscarried. After the miscarriage, I don't know, something like, was it uh, just go to law school, which was like, I guess at the time, like practically speaking, it was more of logistically feasible to go to law school, especially I, it's like, I, I felt comfortable with having baby in law school, if that were to happen, um, versus, um, you know, medical school is four years plus residency. And I've been like an eight year versus law school is like three years. And I never intended to have a baby during law school. It just so happened that way. But like energetically, I get, I guess like at the subconscious, unconscious level, I was not necessarily closed to the idea because I saw like if, because I was already over my age of 30. So I had crossed the 30 threshold. And I was like, if it happens, it happens. And it did. Um, and then I had my second while I was studying for the bar exam. And then that's, it for me. Um, <laughs> that's it. So anyway, I am um, going to read this last section, page 210 to 11, and maybe we get to 12 of Joel Salatin's The Marvelous Pigments of Pigs. And this will be the last selection for this week on this book. I'm going to move to something different next week. But I am trying, the, the chapter this is from is called Sun Driven versus Earth Driven. And I think that, you know, when we think about Aquarius and Mars and just Christianity in general, it tends to be like very us versus them. And sometimes some areas in Christianity, it's hard to reconcile. Like they're not, let's <laughs> say I have my French cross right here. French cross is interesting. I have my French cross and my Norse fan. Anyway, so it's like, uh, oh, it's a hint. So like, it's so weird now that I think about it. This is like 
<laughs> do this on purpose. I'm just noticing this right now. Oh my God. So like on my right hand, which, you know, in the body, right. Uh, masculine, um, young energy and left feminine. And I did not do this on purpose. This is just, you know, the French cross. And then this is, um, a band It's like a Royal band. And then this is a Norse ring. So, um, more of a pagan. And then this is a daisy. And it just so happened that it got on my left hand because I'm like, it just, I, I want to just, I have my rings there in the morning and just put it where it feels right. Um, it's so interesting. It's so interesting. Anyway, anyway. Um, and when I say like, I'm trying to explain like, what does that mean, Jackie? Like, it feels right. I don't know. I feel like I, I like not see it's not a seed. It's, it's a feel, it's a sensing. Let's just say sensing. I'm sensing like the geometry. And then when I say geometry, it's not like I, like all of, okay, let me just give an example. Like all of these weigh and look different. And so if I like, let me just put it here. Like if I had to pick up this ring, I would just be like, oh, I feel like right now, like this needs to be here to like balance things out. And then I just do that. Like if I were to take this ring and put it here, like this feels really weird to me. Um, but if I put it here, it feels like it's at home. And I do that with like basically everything. Like that's that's how I live in life. Like I do have my house. Um, and there's always something that's quote not at home, right? So then that's where I know like what to do um, or like what to focus on. And sometimes there's like too many things to focus on. So then I have to prioritize with my critical mind. And I prioritize, okay, what comes first, what comes second, what can be delegated, what can just be released. And astrology and the moon cycles help keep the tempo because I've realized in my life through certain situations that if I don't go with the tempo of the sun and the moon stars, blah, 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 then I either go too fast or too slow. So it's like, oh, the piano is like a metronome, which is interesting because when I grew up playing piano, I still play piano now, but... <laughs> in the past I still play just not like I did when I was younger um I was very adverse to the metronome very adverse I couldn't play with it I remember my teacher tried a couple times it was just like I could like it was like mentally I could not play so we just stopped and I would just play how I felt um and over time like I have a tendency in my piano to rush now I know astrologically it's like that's when Mars and Aries you know it's just that we all have things in our chart, which I think like need to be mitigated either by other placements in our chart or like other people community. And my Mars and Aries, I just think like given my like family background, my parents have moon and Aries and moon and Capricorn, which are both ruled by Mars. So it's just like when you put that and then I have Mars and Aries and then um, I don't know my siblings charts, uh, one is Scorpio. So that's a very Mars. Pluto is a Scorpio sun. My other is Aquarius, but I, he's, they're both in the military. So there must be, there must be some Mars there. Um, it's just a lot of Mars, right. And it's just over the years, it just needs to be toned. And that's it's like, we all have our thing, right? So anyway, um, I'm rambling again. Let's get page 210 to 212. So sun-driven versus earth-driven, oh, yeah, we need to reconcile. So the point of that was in Christianity, it's very us versus them. It's very martial. And I think the other day I said, you know, like, you know, the crusades, like the colonization, the, the dominance, 
it's just like the sun came, there's a lot of sun and a lot of Mars. And so we're just like, can we just like bring it back down a little bit? And that's what this five of wands in the decan of Leo one is all about. Like, just like, can we just like try to integrate? And there's a passage here on page 211. Now, when I read through it, I'll clean it out. But there's an assumption here, which will sound as you as you like, you know, when we talk about privilege in a theoretical sense, I'm not saying this is in fact, but like generally speaking, when people in the liberal sense talk about privilege, you're talking about white men. Um, it does not, there's a lot, this is very complicated, but just for the simplicity of this particular conversation, a white man manifested physically as a white man, even though, you know, I'm going to give it a contrast. I'm a biracial female, but I can exhibit white male characteristics in my energy that come out even though I look a certain way. So it's not necessarily about what you look. However, sometimes I think how we look kind of like gives us a set point for where we're starting. So when you come from this versus when you come from this and lower on the social totem pole, if we're going to like rank privileges in that like gender skin color binary, um, it's very complicated, but just for to narrow the range of conversation. Um, yeah, I just think that there could be a mindset here in the writing that the man needs to lead and the woman needs to follow and they cannot be equal. And, you know, the full moon in Aquarius is coming up and I was reading the other day, well, not the other day, yesterday. Um, I don't know, I've been thinking about I guess because at church you've been talking about Adam and Eve, and then of course, you know, I think about Lilith, which imagine church down the street is not going to be talking about Lilith on Sunday mornings, believe me. So <laughs> I was thinking about like the Black Madonna and like Catholicism and, and Lilith and the energy of that. And I found someone who wrote a post, Full Moon in Aquarius, August 10, 2022. They were talking about the Black Madonna and and Lilith and different energies. Um and the different um, Marys in the Bible, like versus Mary, the mother versus Mary um, Magdalene, who's like a type of like black Madonna, Lilith figure. And um, how going back to the story, how in the traditional story, you had Lilith was the first wife of Adam and she wanted to be equal and he did not like that. And so she got banished and then she was replaced with Eve. Um, and there's, you know, a lot of different inter interpretations about that story. I think, um, you know, I'm not an expert in that area, but some of the best resources to go to are the primary source. Because when we think about the book of Genesis, Christians are not the primary source of Genesis. That's why most of it's like, when you hear it in the Christian church, it's like, it just goes in one ear, out the other. Because the people who are the primary source on the book of Genesis, which is part of the Torah, are the Jewish people. And they already have their systems. And this is like my side note, like Christians are, Jesus was a Jew. And there is a division at some point where that, that um, let's just say indigenous practice, right? The Jews were a people who were exiled. That indigenous practice of a group of people who were very well connected, uh, that was taken by larger empires. For example, the Roman Empire and so on and so forth. And used for their own, I guess, political, social, social um, purposes, integrated into their religion, especially Constantine and all that. So that's where it kind of get blurred. You know, we, even in our even our dating, like BCE versus CE, what does that mean? When we see BCE versus CE, 
before Christian or before Jesus, it used to be uh, AD and before Jesus, after Jesus, Jesus is the marker, right? <laughs> Those first three, Jesus is the marker. So that's the, the calendar, the Gregorian calendar. And I don't care if you are like, I'm not religious. I mean, the whole freaking, sorry, God, this like, ooh, the whole, um, our whole system, legal system, just society, ancestry, energy of the collective, we embody that energy, whether we like it or not. And when we think about healing ourselves or transforming ourselves, transforming our communities, part of that is accepting everything that we are in the present moment. And everything that we are includes our history of our ancestors. And while we may not like what some of them have done, we cannot carry that guilt and shame. We have to just recognize it, accept it, tweak it, because there's certain things our ancestors gave us that are very beneficial, right? We have society today because of our ancestors. We have all of these nice things around us because of our ancestors and their inventions, discoveries, so on and so forth. So we give grace, uh, give grace, gratitude, give gratitude to our ancestors. We give them grace for the things that were not yet revealed to them because we're all products of our space and time. And then we say, okay, what can we do now in the present moment to move forward? And part of this, in this last Friday, July 28th episode is, okay, Joel Salton is coming from a very Christian people. I am coming from card bell, uh, tarot astrology. Oftentimes these two groups are at each other's neck. Okay, how can we come to the negotiating table, the mediation table, and find a win-win solution for our communities and then also for ourselves because we are part of our communities, right? It's just just for everybody. Let's just find a win-win solution for everybody so we can create more than engage in conflict, so we can be proactive instead of reactive because there's a lot of issues in society a lot of problems that he's solving. And so let's focus on solving, If uh, first of all, identifying, accepting the issues in society, addressing the issues, and creating a better world for all. And it begins by, in my opinion, when we have sun-driven versus earth-driven, there's time and place where we need us versus them to separate, but there is also a time and place where we need to integrate, right? And there's time and place where Adam and Lilith, uh, we need to reconcile that as well. Um, okay, so here we go, page 210. Several generations of good Lutherans and Presbyterians mined our own farm to its bones of rocks and lilies. Who cried about this? Who prayed about this? It was ongoing for generation after generation. Good church people sitting in their pews put money that was derived from raping their own property in the offering plate for foreign missions. Pause right there. So that is, this was something that was, um, I reflected on in my early 20s, in 2010, or 2009 was the application year. In 2009, I was thinking about, okay, I wanted to join the Peace Corps. And I had a friend who had joined the Peace Corps in college. Do I join the Peace Corps or do I join the AmeriCorps? AmeriCorps, and then part of that was becoming a teacher with Teach for America. But I knew that my next step was something like that. But at the time, I was undecided about which one. And I remember, in you know, I went to a Temple University in inner city Philadelphia, northern Philadelphia, people are gunshots, drugs, and, you know, it's very 
just take a drive on Google Maps to North Philadelphia at Temple University. And I remember even like the people I went to school with. And I was just thinking to myself, I was like, this here in this community is enough problems to solve. Like there are too many people here in this particular community that, you know, are sick in many different ways. And while I am not fully healed, and this is the beginning of my story, Bruna, right? Even though I was not fully healed and I, we're always on like some sort of evolution adapting process. I'm not like, I'm like, well, hundred percent, but it's just like, we're always becoming something, right? But I'm more today than I was in 2010. So even though I felt like I was still deficient, I saw a place where I could contribute. And that was to work in the urban schools because I, when I came to college, I was like very bitter about my education experience. I thought that if these, but for these things that had, you know, if I had better teachers in the public school system, I wouldn't have gotten mixed up with all of these things that caused so much pain in my life. I would have been focused. I would have gotten to like the Ivy League school. I would have done this in my life. It's like so nice. Um, but here I am at a school that I didn't want to be at. I just happened to be there. Um, I didn't like the school. There was a point where I wanted to just work at McDonald's and be a manager. And but here I am. And um yeah, I just felt like I did not join the Peace Corps because there was enough problems to solve in our local communities. So I think there's time and place for aid outside the United States. But quite frankly, there are other systems in place for that, like at the federal government level, because it's like you have the family, right? It starts with the family. You go to the tribe, the community, which ideally it would be the church, the school, the family, all working in partnership for our local communities. In Pennsylvania, you have townships. Okay, so you have townships, they form counties, and they all have different councils. Then you have counties, and then you have all the counties come together at the state level. You have representatives. And at the state level, then you also have the federal level, and you have different representatives that go to the federal government that represent our interests on a national scale. And then at the federal level, you have interests that are also then represented um, on the global scale. And it's like, I'm just going to say this out loud, but it's just like, you know, people are like, oh, the aliens, all the aliens. Y'all, we, if you want to see the aliens, like we can't even handle ourselves. Believe me, like no aliens are coming because it's just like, we need to handle ourselves and we need to understand, number one, how our government is set up and number two how we can participate in that government because people believe people believe that it's like if you ever seen the movie star wars you have all like the galactic like different it's the same process but now you're in outer space with all these alien groups it's like we are not ready for that for those people who want to see the aliens we are not ready for that because we can hardly barely do that in our own country so it's just like i don't know whatever anyway so that's our yet often play for missions i think that a lot of us it's like a a disassociating pattern to go. And sometimes we need to, okay, I'm, I'm a, I've been to Peru on a mission trip, whatever it is. Sometimes we need to go just because we need to go. But we always remember that our first and foremost priority business is always in our own families. And then once that is settled, then we can move on. It's that verse, the Bible from our ancestors, you know, be faithful in the little things. And then it can be multiplied because and it's just like a business too. If you try to scale a business and the foundations are not right, like the legal insurance tax financial foundations, your systems and processes, once you try to scale that, it's going to, 
It's like also like the parable. If you build your house on the, on the foundation versus the sand, if you build the house on a non-solid foundation, when the storms come, it's just going to go away. So it's like the same pattern over and over. So that's what he's saying here. Shirley Howard was spot on to call these people bandits. And yet, because it happened slowly, it had no sense of urgency. It had no immediacy. How would you like it if you spent a lifetime? You could do it in six days if you were God, but that's another issue. Carving a beautiful statue only to have some rogue come along, a Bible-preaching rogue, I may add, and hammer off one side of it. Pure desecration. You'd, justifiably you'd be justifiably righteously indignant. Yes, you would. How do you think God feels when his sculpture, the epitome of his creative genius, is summarily some I can't say this right now. Summarily, hacked away, plundered, and desecrated. Do you know what I dream about? I dream about how our farm can capture more sun, how we can convert more sun energy into biomass for energy, for feeding the soil, for the ultimate ecological cycle today, right now. Our farm can't live on old deposits. It has to create new deposits. It has to create new soil, new fertility, new energy. And the only source of that is the sun. It has been and always will be. Fortunately, we don't have to depend on ancient deposit depletion. We can operate on a real-time sun-driven system. We've already explored in depth how biomass decomposition and fertility work, so I won't belabor it again here. The main nuance I want us to understand from this discussion is the relevance of sun-driven real-time sustenance as an object lesson of daily spiritual nourishment. I would suggest that when we eat food that comes from a production model that builds soil and runs on real-time energy, it cultivates in us a sense of daily urgency about our spiritual sustenance. Is our spiritual tank being filled today? If not, why not? If not now, when? You see the to uh, you see the kick the can down the road, fix it tomorrow mentality that we see evidenced in our farm and food system is the same thing we see in our lethargic, lethargic, lackadaisical view towards solving our spiritual needs. May I humbly suggest that if we put attention on a God-honoring food and farming system, it would engender a renewed sense of excitement towards spiritual renewal. Lest anyone think I'm advocating earth worship in order to facilitate God worship, I'm not. So here's the sentence. So he's like trying to hedge his bets, advocating earth worship in order to facilitate God worship, I'm not. But then he says, but I'm close to that because see, this is where the conflict arises. Because if you go down to the church, they're going to be like, oh, the earth worshipers, oh my goodness, the pagans, oh, da 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 da, all the black, black Madonnas, oh my God, the Liliths of the world. You cannot, oh, the witches, let's burn the witches. And it's just like, when you, you know, when you think about sun and fire, you think about burning witches, it's like the improper use of fire. And it's just, uh, you know, there's probably a whole historical thing. We didn't, the dark was probably really scary back in the day. I get it. I get it. And so our systems of worship spirituality, you know, overemphasize the light. Okay. But we are in, in 2023, we are no longer in that situation. In fact, um, you know, I think that we do have to like honor the sun because now it's global warming because maybe we're honoring the earth too much and maybe that's what he's getting at. But it's like they go together. It's not like one over the other. We all have our own role in not a hierarchy, but in a in a web, in a system. And yes, there's some pieces in that system with more collective power than others, but we all have individual power. So by collective power, I mean like, you know, the president, president of the United States making one decision affects a lot of different people versus, you know, me making that same decision. It's just like, oh, it just affects me. But the reason why, generally speaking, those people are in power is because a lot of individuals have delegated that power to that individual, whether they like it or not. 
Um, and then that goes back to the whole Declaration of Independence Constitution discussion, right? Okay. But I'm close to that. Perhaps Earth stewardship as an object lesson or a spiritual stewardship would be a less edgy way to portray the idea. What if when you sat down to a meal with your kiddos, you said something like this? Susie, we're eating grass-finished beef this evening because green-finished feedlot beef requires huge amounts of old energy that we're using far faster than it could be replenished. It's hilarious. The grass-finished beef came to our plate by eating today some like converted to grass today. Not a decade ago today, it built... Oh, not a decade ago, but today. It built soil and replenished all the energy it required to grow. That's how our spiritual lives must be. We can't depend on last Sunday sermon to keep us alive or last century saints or prophets or whoever. I didn't, it's now. Those are all great deposits, but we need to be making our own deposits. Eating this grass-finished beef is an object lesson of this great truth, that today, 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 we build our relationship with the God in the present moment. And that's why I think just in my own personal experience, taking time to learn about spiritual practices and religions that are different than the one that I was raised in, which is Christianity, was very helpful because it's like you get a different perspective on the same issue. And it's just like, for example, uh, here, I have, a, I have a card here, right? It's just like this card. Okay, if I have this card in this position, if I'm describing this card to you, I'm going to be like, oh, I just see some like blue, like a blue pattern. And you're like, wait, that doesn't look like a blue pattern. I see pink. Yeah, because you're looking at the card from a different perspective. So that's like the same. And then if we were to look at the card here, you're like, oh, I just see a line. But someone over here is going to be like, oh, I see an image. It says the water carrier. And someone over here is going to be like, oh, I just see like a blue pattern. And you all start arguing because you're like, no, mine is right. No, mine is right. No, mine is right. But it's like, you're all describing different aspects of the same card in different language. And it's just, I don't know. That's what we we'll put the card down. So, um, yeah, I think that's where cross, it's just like an athlete, like exceptional athletes cross train in different areas. When you go to work out with a personal trainer, you train different areas of the body in different ways. So you can get kind of the full picture. And right when he says here, Eating this grass-finished beef is an object lesson of the great truth that today, 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 we build a relationship with God. So, you know, because of his life experience here, he was able to like stay within the confines of Christianity to understand this lesson because he has such an intimate connection with the earth. But for those of us like myself who did not grow up on a farm, I mean, I grew up among farms, so that's helpful, but did not grow up working on a farm to have that intimate connection with the feminine, I had to go to, like, for example, here. Mark Nepo, the Book of Awakening, to go to more feminine um, explanations of the way, with a capital W, uh, when you do that, and of course, I mean, I've been all feminine, masculine, all different, different areas, different industries, whatever. When you see the same patterns, the same principles over and over and over again, one of the key lessons that comes through very clear in Eastern spirituality is living in the present moment. And then when you think about yoga and like connecting the present moment with the body and you understand, oh, like my body is a part of this too. I must honor and respect my body. And that comes to my food, which goes back to this. And it's just, it's all connected, right? But it's it's when we just get so siloed in one way, we're just unable to, all right, this is such a tricky word, but this is what came to my experience, the fullness and richness of God's plan for our lives, right? Like, I hate that language. It's so dramatic. 
it's so like soul right so like you think about the hallelujah chorus like inside all the sounds like it's too much sometimes right at least for me it's just too much um like we serve a mighty god it's just I get that the sun is powerful. I'm not trying to detract from that. I'm not trying to detract from that. But like without us, God would also cease to exist because God needs us to worship him. So the, the relationship is reciprocal, right? Like it's reciprocal and it's a negotiation and it's partnership. It's co-creative um, in nature. And there's sometimes, you know, one person has to take the lead and the other person has to follow and so on and so forth. But it's like, all of the above and none of the above at the same time in like a very like fluid way. At least that's, this is, you know, we're getting into small key truth. That's how my experience of it, but everybody's experience could be different. Right. Okay. So next, how about tomatoes? Uh, um, okay. So page two twelve. I have not read this previously, but I just see why can't we talk like that in our family? So I'm just going to read through this. This is the first time I'm reading through it. We'll see what comes up. Why can't we talk like that in our families? Why can't we talk like that in our Sunday schools? Because talk like that sounds like a bunch of environmental wacko mumbo jumbo commie. That's why. Why wouldn't building a deep understanding of ecology's economy and real-time sun dependency produce a sense of urgency around sun, sun, S-O-N, dependency? Why must the two be a source of friction rather than synergy? Exactly. Okay, so exactly. Exactly. Why must the two be a source of friction rather than synergy? I would go one step further, even to suggest that a farm and food system predicated on capturing more sun energy rather than stored earth deposits is like reaching out for more grace. I see the sun every day as an amazing gift of new wealth. I don't deserve new wealth, but God placed the sun up in the heavens to literally beam down energy. Every day on every piece of our farm, we're showered with, with new energy. Um, so I see this a lot of worship music and like songs. It's like I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this. All oh, the honor and glory just got it. All, the, all that type of talk, right? Um, I don't know for me, the word deserve, I don't think it's necessarily like the right tone. I always think about the word entitled. So I think entitled, like I'm not entitled to new wealth, but I am deserving of it because I am God's child. So that's why I don't like when people say, I don't deserve this. It to me, is like a huge contradiction because, you know, it's like the Joel Osteen, what does God say about you, right? You're the God's child. So you don't have to do anything for your salvation. So deserving or not deserving is out of the question, right? It's not about deserving or not deserving. It's about, this is for you. This has your name on it. Now, are you entitled to it? Are you able to access it? What are your property rights? It's more like property rights. Like it, maybe it is exactly like the land is not ours. We are in stewardship of the land and governments are in place to take um, the natural stewardship and organize it among people so we don't kill each other, right? Um, but that's more about entitlement and rights, not necessarily deserving because deserving implies that like you have some sort of ownership maybe over something and we don't own anything. So I hear that a lot in worship music. I hear that a lot in like church, especially among like lower income. I don't, when you go to an upper income church, you're not going to hear that, right? They don't have that mindset. 
but among the lower income churches, middle income, they, they use that word a lot. And I just, it, to me, it's like internalized oppression and shame. That's just my personal opinion. Okay. But God placed the sun up in the heavens to literally be down energy. Right. It's entitlement. So it's like the sun is there. It's going to be there. But where are we entitled to that energy? Is today going to be like a full sunny day? Or is it going to be a, a partly cloudy day? Um, how are the green, How is the solar energy going to be interacting with our atmosphere to create the ground level temperature here? Like these are all, what are we entitled to based on, it is like how are also our action. I know this is like another thing, a lot of times in the church, oh, I didn't do anything. I just read that here somewhere too. I didn't do anything. But then it's like, how do you then explain like faith without works is dead, right? Like you are doing something. It's okay. It's okay. You do have an impact on your reality. And in fact, science says you do. You choose different actions every day and the quality of those choices determine the consequences in which you're going to experience in this world. And that just is what it is, what it is. And that's it. So it's like these little shifts in tone. Um, that's why sometimes like I can't sit in the church here because it's just, it's too much. It's too much for my own mind. I don't want to pollute my mind with that, quite frankly. So you go to the church, it's not always like a clean experience. Sometimes it is a very polluting experience. And it's just... I don't know. Okay. But God places set up in the heavens to literally beam down energy. Every day on every piece of our farm, we're showered with energy. Every time I see a sunbeam converted into vegetation, I see new wealth. How did I come? See, here we go. How did I come to deserve all this free energy? All this free wealth? A lovingly heavenly father gave it to me just like grace. So it's just like that word deserve. You know, I am here because the universe, God, Put me here like ah, we're just here like we are living breathing i'm grateful that i'm here because i actually I enjoy life so again it's like i don't think deserve is the right word um am i entitled to free energy oh that's the story do i but i guess some people are conflating the word deserve with entitled but i don't see those two words the same thing um and all this free wealth well it's not it's free in the sense that the sun is there. All this free. But it's also like I have to choose to be in front of the sun. Like I could sit down in a bunker and not expose myself to the sun. I'm making a conscious decision every day to be with the sun. It's not, it's not free. I, I don't know. Um, it's reciprocal. A loving heavenly father gave it to me just like grace. So it's just like, it's very like childish instead of partnership. Um, I think that's because of like the, well, the, the relative power differential, like, right. Like the sun, we don't get to choose. The sun is just there. And there's, there is like a power differential, right. We can basically like we destroyed climate change, all those things, global warming. So in that way it is, it's more powerful. So in that way there is grace um yeah and he's saying here like i didn't put the sun in space i didn't make the plants i didn't make the seed or the trees or the birds or the wind that carry the seeds from place to place to make sure that the earth sprouts vegetation abundantly i didn't do anything but do, do i have that agree um so that we act in gratitude for this experience that we have i just walk out in the morning and there's a huge ball of fire in the sky shining down buckets of energy i don't have to gamble for this new wealth like, i don't i don't personally i don't like I don't like the comparison with the sun and wealth 
It's just it is what it is. And that's the, uh, these are like lower T truths, right? These are just my opinions and thoughts on this. I don't have to borrow money for it, fill out a loan application or do anything. It's just they're showering down. But that's where I disagree because you you are acting in agreement with the sun by going outside. Like it's showering down on you because you're in a location where it can shower down on you. Again, if you were under the ground, it would not be showering down on you. If you were in a bunker, it would not be showering down with you. If you were in a cave, it would not be showering down on you. So you're making a decision to go outside to receive the sun. And the sun in turn receives your energy in its presence. And your energy then also takes the energy of the sun and makes it productive in concert with the land to produce food. So you can sustain yourself and move forward and, and make more energy. So I don't know. Um, so he wants to use the sun and want to convert it into biomass, just like grace. Yeah, I, I, I would not, I, I'm just, yeah. Okay. I want to use the one convert into biomass, just like grace. God's grace is abundant. I don't deserve it. I don't have to work for it. See, this is, this is what I'm talking about. I don't deserve it. I don't have to work for it. God's grace is abundant. The fact that you have to be in, in front of the sun, you have to choose to be in the, that is work, your mental work your mental work into your body, you are choosing to be in front of the sun and you are choosing to use the energy of the sun to create different forms of energy. I don't deserve it, but that we've already had a conversation on deserving, which is what it is. You're here. It's the expectation. It's, it's the system. It's the, it's the game that we're in. You're not making the rules of the game and you're not entitled to a sunny day every day, but it's just the game that we're in. Um, it's here every morning, every moment to be received and leveraged into how I interact with other people, how I see the world, how I worship God, the more, and, and all of this is like small teacher, right? It's like very nitpicky, but for me, I think it like when you pump that sort of idea over many people and many congregations, it, it separates people economically, in my opinion, unnecessarily. Um, you go to Joel Osteen versus you go to the church down the street. You have two radically different outcomes in people, right? Because it's the, that it's the, thought in the, the mind that's now coming out in the action and the actions diverge significantly because of what's being pumped into the mind. Um, okay. I see the world. I worship God. The more I can drive my farm on the sun and real-time immediate energy, the more it manifests what a life running on real-time sun, S-O-N, energy looks like. My dad used to pray. Thank you for your grace that is ever new. I love that praise because it speaks to the vibrancy rather than staleness. And that brings up another nuance of this immediate idea, fresh food rather than old food. I agree with that fresh food rather than old food just tastes better. I mean, that's why I don't buy a lot. I go to Whole Foods every day, go to a farmer's stand every day because I buy my ingredients fresh. If you were to go to a restaurant or I've been like thinking about the show Downton Abbey again, they had kitchen gardens, right? They had kitchen gardens because everything was fresh for the most part and things that were not fresh or preserved in some way generally speaking. Oh, okay. And he talks about food and storing and all those things. So that's all um, for this week, Friday, July 28th. That's going to be the last selection. Um, you know, this book is available, The Marvelous Pigness of Pigs by Noel Salatin. And um, I like it because it's integrating, like I ended with, the earth, the sun, generally speaking. The tone is more martial in nature, but we have to deal with all types, right? And I don't want to say deal with all types um, because we are all equal. We are all human beings. We're all, you know, different, but the same um, in the eyes of God, in the eyes of the universe. And we all have different roles to play. And, but sometimes it can be hard 
on the nervous system part of the mind when we encounter a tone or way of thinking that is not one that is comfortable for us. But when we're able to challenge ourselves and to experience cognitive difference, to experience cognitive dissonance instead of always engaging in confirmation bias, when we're able to use those two in a creative way, um, I think that gives us, it's the sun power, S-O-N power that allows us to then, you know, take whatever creative energy, filter it through the mental landscape and come up with solutions to issues that are in our families, in our communities, and so on and so forth. So thank you all for tuning in today. Have a wonderful weekend, and I will see you on Monday for a selection from to be continued one of these books, whatever I feel like. Uh, either Braiding Sweet Crowds or Church of the Wild. This one is only one day, um, I think, but then Church of the Wild, definitely we'll see what happens. Okay, thank you. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye.